All right, Senior Pastor, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We have been talking about, you know, why we need the Bible, and we have been going through um, a few uh, um, few scriptures. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Bible and how it affects business, not only corporately or professionally, but personally, um, how we actually govern our finances, how we govern our personal business as it relates to to the Bible and as it relates to the church. Um, Larry Burkett, um, he says in his Business by the Book, he outlines uh, six principles. Um, it says that we sh- he says that we should reflect Christ in our business practices. The second is that we should be accountable. The third is that we should provide a quality product at a fair price. The fourth is that we should honor our creditors. The fifth is that we should treat um, our employees fairly if we have a business and we have employees that we um, employ, so to speak. Um, And then the sixth is that we should treat our customers fairly. And in the business community, we know that it's divided into two areas. You have your internal customers, that's the people that you work with or other departments that you work with or for, and then you have the external customers um, that come in to support your business or your service, whatever you provide. Um, But I would like to look at it uh, from a biblical perspective. And uh, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that he always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, business performed within biblical boundaries invites God's blessings. I'll say that again. Business performed within biblical boundaries invites God's blessings. Um, We are going to review biblical instruction regarding business and resolve to heed the guidance of Scripture. And we're going to be kind of looking at three outlines. We're going to be jumping in and out of these these three areas. Um, the biblical purpose for business, biblical responsibilities in business, and biblical ethics in business. And I think, you know, if we limit it to the to the business profession, then I think we may lose out on some of the nuggets that we're going to Amen. learn today. Um, I, I think, you know, if we talk about business, we have Affairs of the home, we have affairs of the church, we have affairs, you know, uh, in our business profession, so to speak, or, or professionally. So I think these three, if we combine it, then we can really get some something out of this lesson. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Senior Pastor, just for a few, and I'll jump in and out, um, and you can, you know, we can dialogue together about the Bible and the marketplace. And I... I kind of kind of frown on that word marketplace. It, it should really say the Bible and or business. The yes. Bible and or business. So I'll turn it over to you and, and uh, like I said, I'll jump in and out. Amen. Yes. And um, I, I guess he said the writer here or the writers said marketplace because that's where everything goes on. Um, right. My, my mother taught me something a long time ago, though, that um, 
She said, when, when she goes to the market, and you have heard me saying this before, that she don't pay attention to the noise because at the marketplace there's a lot of noise going on. The sale is what is important. And, you know, noise without sale doesn't make good. And if you're not selling whatever you have to earn money, then um, you're going to go bankrupt. But um, I'd like for us to look here, um, the biblical purpose of business. And a lot of things that's been said there. Um, it is said that the Lord made Adam and Eve and right. earth to govern the earth. And how the Lord blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And um, it says here that Todd Hennigan says, nature does not exist to simply satisfy the selfish human appetite. And oh boy, if people could learn that these days, I think it was Barack Obama who said that, um, you know, people should pay attention, paraphrasing, to those that help them to reach where they are. And we see that's happening now that people think that they control everything and all that they're doing is just for their money, how much they can make. They are not um, there to help the people who have helped them to reach that pinnacle. But um, it says that nature does not exist to simply satisfy the selfish human appetite. Man can do anything he wants. Man can't do anything he wants to the creation because he's a mere steward or he's one that has been put in charge of the owner's possession. The world does not belong to us. Again, the song, the things that I have, they are just borrowed. They are not mine at all. We are just a steward we're just one who is in charge until the owner comes back to take his position. And he gave the, a warning. He says, woe to those who do not properly manage the precious belongings in a manner reflecting the owner's heart. Um, God commissions humankind to rule over all the living creatures which inhabited the earth. But because of sin, man was not able to fulfill this charge. You know, so we fell. And at the time of creation, the fundamental food provided for the human race was seed-bearing plants and fruit-bearing trees, all of that. So we had to work to sustain that. We didn't do that. And what we are finding out now is that people want to get rich quickly without working. We have to work hard. If you read the Celestin, you would realize that um, we, we, the people were told to honor God. Jeremiah sent them a letter when the false prophet was telling them that, oh, you soon go back home. They were taken exile into Babylon. And Babylon was not a good place, wicked place, really. You know, um, I think it was Bob Marley who thought a thing about Babylon. Um, 
And there's a song which says the wicked carry us away, you know, into Babylon. Right. They, um, they want from us a song, but how can we sing the Lord's song in That's a strange true. land? So Jeremiah encouraged them after hearing what the false prophets were doing. He says, um, we are not living in literal ca- captivity. We're living in a secular culture and can benefit from Jeremiah's advice. As we live in expectation of the second coming, we must also realize Christ's return might be many years away. Some people say now, oh, because of the pandemic and so, that oh, he's just around the corner. But remember, one day to him is like a thousand years. So we can't just sit back, don't take care of the church business, don't care, take care of his business, and all we want to do is to come to church and clap and shout and dance and go back home and nothing gets done. No, he has given us work to do just like he gave Adam and Eve, the responsibility to care for everything in the garden, to occupy until he comes, um, is requesting of us and requiring of us that we must still be involved in the services of the Lord. I think it was last week or the week before we said that anybody that he calls, that he gave, he would give a talent to, and he has given us talent. You might not be a preacher, you might, might not be a singer, but it is required of you, it is required of Stuart that we be faithful. And uh, although we are expecting him to come, we can't just sit down and know I'm waiting for the coming of the Lord and nothing gets done. No, the gospel must reach to everybody. And there are various aspects to preaching the gospel. The way we treat people, and this lesson will deal with that, the way we treat one another, the way we do God's work, the way we give to his work. He doesn't need money because he owns a thousand cattle on the hillside, but his work demands money. We can't just go to the rec center where we have our service and just say we want to have church. They would laugh at us and think we are stupid. We have to pay for the building, so it demands money. They have to pay for their light. They have to pay for the maintenance of the building. And so the same thing. And, and I, I want us to come to the realization that we need to find a building and we need everybody to start chipping in so that we might do so. We, you know, my experience is that we complain a lot. Oh, I don't have it, Pastor. And Pastor want me to give $1,000. And Pastor want me to give $500. And I don't have it. Pastor must be crazy. But at the same time, if we see a brand new shiny car and we need to get it, we will get it. If we need to see a, if see a dress, and it costs a thousand dollars, and we need to get it. We will get it. So you know, I have never taught my church, no matter how small, or the church that I pastor. Let me not say my church, but the church that I pastor. Never taught them to just think, oh, we are small, and we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do that. Little is much when God is, when in, God it. is in it. And my friends, um, it, it happens even in your family. We should raise godly families and work to provide for the present and prepare for the future. Let me say that again. We should raise godly families. And again, as Pastor always say, 
the priest of the home, the man, has a responsibility in that. If you have a, a church or a kingdom without the priest, then we're going to have problems. But if, if you are the, a single mother, then you should raise godly families and work to provide for the present and prepare for the future. Don't just glory in, oh boy, my, my son or my daughter has this and blah, blah, blah. Glory in what the Lord has blessed them to do. Um, anything to add to that, Pastor O? Yes, I actually wanted to bring out a, 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 a point. Um, I think that what's happening, especially in, in our businesses, um, whether it be personal or professional uh, or even in our homes, um, is that there is, a, a, there is an imbalance. Um, we, for some people, the reason why their businesses haven't been successful or their families have, haven't been successful is that there is, a, there is an imbalance they haven't figured out how to the balance between, you know, um, between worshiping God and doing what they need to do for their families. Um, I think sometimes we give more to the world or we give more to our jobs than we give to God, not recognizing that God is the one that has given us the strength and the ability to work or even the mind to create. Um, a, a particular business or a particular service or a particular product. And that's something that I'm finding that we're waning in that, in that there is a, there is a literal imbalance. And I look at creation itself. God has left the template where he, every single day there was something new. There was something different that he added to creation. He built upon it. And then there was a time when he rested. He said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. This, this, is, this is good. Creation is good. And I think there are some times that we continue to build, we continue to work, we continue to toil, we continue to labor, but we don't take the time out to say, God, I thank you. Thank you for the innovation that you have given unto me. Thank you for you know, the ability to work. Thank you for the ability to provide. And sometimes we even glory in the success. Amen. Instead of glorying in God. Say, God, I thank you for the success that I am having. And I know it's because of you why I am successful. So I, I think that, you know, this lesson is really calling us back to saying, Amen. wait a second, it begins with God. It begins Amen. with God. God has given us the ability to do these things and to create these things. Back to you. Yes. Amen. It begins with God and it's going to end with God. Amen. And we need to know that. Then one thing I noticed here, Pastor, in the lesson is that we are called upon to bless the city. Right. Curse the city. Verse 7 says, And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have, shall have peace. <laughs> now yeah. the exile here, although Babylon was a wicked city, and they were there, and it makes a difference. It makes a difference where the church is. It makes a difference where the people of God is. doesn't mean that you won't have violence and crime, but it simply means 
that because we are there praying, right. we are there as Christians, that certain things will not happen, you know? Yeah. And um, Jeremiah there question how the exiles react to the city of Babylon. Should they be antagonistic to it? Should they do everything they could to be disruptive or a disruptive force in the city? Not according to the Lord. That's why his ways are higher than our ways. You know, and that's why we have always said that the church does not believe in the march against this and you know, I have no, no, no. If the church march, the church must march for righteousness. You know, we, we, I'm not against black lives and so, but black lives matters, white lives matters. Every life matters to God. So we don't get out there and get into the march and do this and do that. We pray to the Lord that there will be a change. We are not here to disrupt the city. We, we, we disrupt when they are not doing, when they are doing sinful act and call it right, then the church will stand up against that. But the Lord wants us to have peace. Uh, the instruction given to them were to seek God on behalf of the city, live a peaceful life in the midst of it, and do everything in their power to support this best interest. I have never cursed America since I've been here. I, we all came here for a better life, and things might not be what we want it to be. My brother said we come to America when it's not America. But at the same time, we live here, so we have to make the best use of it. You know, don't, don't put down the Americans because they were here before you, although most of them come in like we came in. But um, let's pray for the peace of the city so that we can live in peace. If you have peace around town, then you can go to bed and sleep. If you have disruption, then you can't sleep. Listen to me, children. Our behavior right. will be an important contributor to a peaceful environment. Um, when I went to school to work and there was a lot of disruption and a lot of quarrel and a lot of this and... Um, people against people and this against that one. And they always say to me, Mr. McFarlane, you always have a smile on your face. And I said, yes. What is it that you have that we don't have? The peace of God. I have God in my life. So when I'm leaving home in the morning, if I'm going to leave in anxiety, if I'm going to leave with um, my mind all disruptive, then I take that to work and I spread it. Because when, when you wake up in the wrong frame of mind, people who mean good to you, you take it for harm, you know? Okay. So let's seek peace. Let's seek peace for the United States. Let's ask the Lord to intervene. Um, Paul says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, the bad men, the gunmen, the wicked men, be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. 
For this is good and acceptable. Let us say that again. For whatever we do by living a peaceful and quiet life and godly life, it is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Finding fault with those in authority is easy, especially now. We could find fault um, with everything that is happening. But praying for them is what God requires. Because our finding fault, we can't do anything to change Donald Trump. We just have to pray Mm -hmm. for him. Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Joe Biden is Joe Biden. You know, Um, governors are governors. We can only pray for them. And when the time comes, let me stress that as well. Vote. Vote when you have to vote. But pray Mm -hmm. that our leaders will govern in a peaceful manner, which will enable us to to lead peaceful and quiet lives. We are also to pray for their salvation. They are souls. Everybody is a soul. Everybody is a candidate for heaven. Unless the Lord write them off, and only the Lord can do that. But we must pray that they be saved. Although we have some, some, some saved leaders doing worse, but we pray for them to be saved too, because salvation makes the difference. And I, I just want to say, Senior Pastor, that we, we are all agents of peace, and I, I, I truly believe that in our, you know, in our dealings with each other, um, even in the business aspect of this there's some of us that are ready to sue each other there's some of us that are uh, vindictive and and evil we do some really evil things we um you know we contrive against each other we there's things that we do in or in in doing business with each other um there's some of us that overcharge uh, they are also on the flip side those that take advantage of our Christian brothers and sisters who have businesses. Uh, one of the things that I always um, smirk at is when I see uh, a, a Christian brother or sister in a business, and then you have somebody come and say, "Well, hook me up, no, you know, give me a discount or or that type of thing." and always trying to use and abuse the services of an individual. That's something that we should kind of veer away from. If anything, we should overpay, you know, for the services to help our brothers and sisters, to lift them up, to elevate them to a level of success, you know. So that's something that I, I think we also need to look at. And, you know, even with regard to um, to, the, to the political issues of the day, um, I think many of us complain, yet we forget where we are coming from. We forget how good God has been to us. Some of us come from the islands. Some of us come from, you know, certain uh, remote parts of the island. And, you know, where we, some of us didn't even have shoes to wear or, or certain things. And we came to the United States for a better life, and God has been good to us. God has been good to us. So I I, I keep going back to that, that it all begins with God. There there will always be political issues. There are always going to be differences of opinion. But compared to where we were, 
and where we are now, I think we need to kind of stay, take a step back sometimes and really thank God for what he has done for us and what he's doing in our lives. Because some of us go back to cushy homes and we live in uh, air-conditioned units, you know, and we drive nice cars. And it might not have been possible where we came from. So we really need to take, take a step back and really thank God for what he has done and the accomplishments and the steps that we have made, even if it's not for us, for our children. If it's not for us, some of us still struggle financially, but our children are succeeding. Our children are successful. And for that, we ought to give God glory and praise. Yes, and uh, we are called upon to be searching for good. Always seek to do good. Um, That's why it's called biblical responsibilities in business. We have a responsibility not to shortchange anybody, not to rob anybody. You know, we we should always seek to give. It is better to give than to receive. And some people just have this mentality, give me, give me, give me. I told you about this evangelist who passed away at 98 just a few weeks ago. And she had a business, and um, I was listening to her funeral service. And um, some people still hold her, and I hear somebody saying, I think the moderator said, someone still will phone a dress, and I must pay her, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And th- this lady told me, and I prove it, she said, she said, Brother Ronnie, they used to call me, she said, Brother Ronnie, if you have a business, Never credit church people because they don't pay. Never credit church people. And I told her that. that sad? Borrowed once and it became a beating stick to me because the person loaned me some and give me the rest and say you don't have to give me back that. And then it became a beating stick. So if I need anything, I will say, can I have so and so? I don't borrow because you lose friends. And um, church people don't pay back. Them don't pay back, especially if it's things for the church. Another thing I need to address, and I notice it, and it, it's kind of bugging me. So let me just say it and get it off my chest. Because I, I notice when we bring things to church, and I think I've said it already, but it's good to say it here because it fits into the lesson. You will say, okay, thing is open, and people will go there, and they will take the best of the spoils. And right. they leave the riffrapper, they would say, in Jamaica for everybody else. Is that godly? Yeah. Why don't you take toward the good one and toward the one that is not so good and yeah. leave, you know, some of the good one for everybody else? God look at everything, you know. God sure. looks at everything that we do. And um, the lesson here says, the righteous delight in the law of the Lord and live honestly before honestly. others. Their desire is to do good and only good. And that jumped out at me. Their desire is to do good and only good. Anytime you start to think evil, anytime you start to think about sowing, anytime you start thinking about going to court, especially against your brother, in some some situation it might be because that's the only way you can be compensated is if you go, go before the judge because people are lawless now and they don't have any 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 ambition at all are they, they they are not there to help you they are there to take you down and sometimes under the law 
asking, do you say if you have to do that, the Bible is not against you doing that. But especially your brother, your brother in the Lord, you know, we should, we should not go before a judge that cannot fit the difference, you know. Amen. So we, we, he also called upon us that we must bestow our goods upon the poor so that we might have as much gain and ten times more. Um, it says one gives away and still he grows richer. Another keeps what he should give, and he is the poorer. And we could even bring that to the tithing system. The people who tithe on their income, because that's God's plan to maintain the church and the pastor, you know, you, you pay your tithes. And if you pay your tithes, I've heard people testify, say, Lord, Pastor, it was the last money me have, but me was determined to pay me tithe. And me pay it, and God opened up the door for me. The people who don't pay and into the treasure, and he didn't say pay to the pastor, bring it into the Amen. treasury of the church that there might be meat. We must reach the stage where we stop robbing God because he gives it to us and he can take it away. And if you fail to keep up to that um, acknowledgement or, or that part of what God requires you to do, you really get poorer. You have problem with the care. You have problem with this. You never stop paying bills. You know, my friends, do it and let God watch, prove God and watch him work for you. He will give want, you. Yes, go I ahead. Want, sorry, I wanted to say something regarding that as well. Because I've, I've, I've seen this trend, um, especially in, in, in the church, um, when, when we have adopted a tithing system and, and when, we, you know, when we say, oh, this is for you know, the pastor or this is for the church or, or whatever the case may be, I've found out that the people that have less seem to be the more faithful tithers in the church which is kind of interesting. And I even think about the times when people have less, but they gave more to God, you know, whether it be, you know, in their time or whether it be with money or, or, or livestock or whatever, or, or produce, they would give more. Now Amen. that we, we are at a place of, I, I guess, blessing, where God has blessed us with so much, we actually give less. And, it's, you know, we're not trying to condemn anybody, but it is thought-provoking where God has blessed us with more, but yet we give less to him, whether it be time, whether it be or, or money, whether, you know, anything. We give less, and that's something that we really need to be held accountable for. If God has blessed us with more, then we should give more. And I think sometimes we you know, we only restrict it to money, but it's more than just money. As you said earlier, Sina Pastor, God doesn't need our money. He really doesn't. But money is effective in the ministry because that's what we use, you know, to exchange um, for services or, or for products. Um, that's, the, that's the world system that we operate in, especially in the United States. It takes money 
to build something. It takes money to make something. So that's sometimes, you know, while we revert to uh, giving an example of money or, or, or pounding and hounding on the money aspect of it, um, but God requires us to give more of our talent, of our resources to him so that the kingdom, so his kingdom uh, will grow and flourish and thrive and so that we can reach more people for the kingdom of God. Yes, and, and, and the, the plan that they had on the early church followed this. God's plan was for us to care for each other, to take care right. of each other. And the early church practiced this. When persecution set in, they went from house to house, yeah. breaking bread together, you know, sharing and caring for each other. And the Lord blessed immensely, you know, the work with signs following and so on. So his plan was never for us to borrow our, although he had stored up the, the wicked riches for us to use, you know, his plan was never for anybody in the church or in the community of believers to be in want. There were times when I was growing up, people used to have revelation, vision. Oh, Lord, my mother used to call us sometime and say, Lord, take this, take this for so and so. And you take it to the person, them say, go back and tell your mother, you know, that God bless her because we never have anything in the house. People yes, wonder why sometimes I do whatever I do. And, um, you know, I, I'm going out there trying to get the food to people because that is what blessed me. When I reached her home and they said, well, the Lord send you because we never have anything in the house, you know. So believers must care for each other. For each so other. We must think yeah. about each other. Think about those who are not as fortunate as you are. Think about that, that woman living all by herself with, with her son or her daughter or her children that might need just a, a, a bread in the house. Think about that. And if you have two, give away one. Look in your closet and say, oh, the Lord bless you and see what you need to do. And what, why are we storing it up anyway? Because we're going to die and leave the big house. And leave it alone. We're going to yep. die and leave the, a nice car, especially in this time of virus. People don't even go to see people. You can't go into the hospital when you have a sick one. So everything is left. So we right. must store up treasures in heaven and not down here. And we are called upon to be sowing seeds of righteousness. Sow seeds of righteousness. Stop mm -hmm. trusting in money rather than pursuing righteousness. And, you know, the story was told of Lot and Abraham. If you look into that, that scripture there, you will see what happened, that Lot was greedy, and he looked upon the nice land, and um, Abraham said, okay, that's what you want, paraphrasing, take it. I will take this one that don't look so good. And Abraham had to turn around and rescue him, because the place was so bad that looked so nice, but it was so bad. Let us read scripture. Let us understand scripture. And we are called upon to abound in God's work. Um, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that he always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God is all 
sufficient and he will give to his children what our needs are. He will supply all our needs according to his riching, riches in glory. It is so often true that we want so much for ourselves that there is nothing left to give to others. Let me repeat that. And if you are guilty of that, then you need to make amends. It is so often true that we want so much for ourselves that there is nothing left to give to others. Um, there is no more blessed way of living, says Charles Spurgeon, than the life of faith based upon a covenant keeping God to know that we have no care for he cares for us, that we need have no fear except to fear him, that we need have no troubles because we have cast all our burdens upon the Lord and are conscious that he will sustain us. Oh, yes, that's the message for the day. That's the message for the day. So on, Pastor O. Yes, and, and I guess we have to try and bring it to a conclusion. There's so much here. Uh, I talked about the, you know, um, the, the, the imbalance in our life. Proverbs 11, verse 1 says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. We must understand that every transaction is performed in the presence of God. Nothing is hidden from him. Nothing is hidden from him. It is unthinkable that Christians would stoop to the unethical practices of the world. The Christ whom we serve is dishonored when Christians operate on a level below his highest standards. And I, I, that kind of jumped out at me because there are many Christians, um, many Christians that are operating um, with unethical practices in the world. Um, and we are defrauding each other in Christendom. We don't even have to go outside of the church. It's happening in the church. We are, we are defrauding each other. And, it, you know, I, I, there's a time that we need to come back to God and ask for forgiveness, to repent of those things. There are people that we owe. There are people that we have, you know, been successful uh, because of our unethical behavior, because we have defrauded them. And... Um, I pray that this lesson, I pray that what we have said today will force or drive home the fact that we ought to uh, be truthful and be honest to each other, um, especially in the area of business. Let us love each other. Let us care for each other. Uh, A.W. Pink says, an honest heart seeks to please God in all things and offend him in none. Say that again, an honest heart seeks to please God in all things and offend him in none. Senior pastor, as we, as we bring it to a close, um, it says that as Christians we should maintain the highest standards in our business dealings. And I think that we need to pray for those individuals um, that right now <laughs> they may need to ask for forgiveness. They may need to go to someone and say, you know what, I, I did something. I, I, I took 20 when I should have only taken 10. You know, or 
you know, whatever the case may be, there are some uh, families that have been destroyed because of businesses, because of business dealings. There are some uh, uh, relationships, you know, wife and husband that have been destroyed because of financial commitments that they should not have been committed to. Um, so we're going to pray for these individuals um, that God will show them the way uh, to reconciliation because at the end of the day, as you said, we're going to leave all of this behind. You know, once we are past and gone, once we're six feet under, we cannot take our treasures and our riches with us. That's why the Bible says that we should lay up our treasures in heaven. Um, so please, if you can, Senior Pastor, if you can, go to the throne of grace for these individuals. Yes, and, and may we pray that the will of God be done in us. What is his will for your life? You need to ask him that. You see somebody else, and oh, they are so brilliant, and they, boy, they're getting everything. Um, that might not be God's will for your life. My mother always say, not everything that glistens is gold. Cool. I, you know, they remember Moses had everything, you know, in Pharaoh's house, but he chose rather to suffer. Your life might be a life of suffering, that glorify God, and some people don't want that, you know, but what is his will? Some people want to find a rich man with a big house and that sort of thing. Is that God's will for your life? Because you might right. be careful of what you pray for, you know, because you might pray for it and get it and it come to haunt you, you yeah. know, because that, that rich man might make your life miserable. Find sure. a, a man that loves God and that you, you both can work together and praise the Lord and go to heaven together. I beg of you, my friends, that we seek God. And um, the lesson is calling upon us to be honest and to be generous. To be honest and to be generous. Let's put this into practice. Let's muse on it as we leave here today and as we close off this service. Father in heaven, we come to you today. We dedicate ourselves to the principles and ideals of Jesus Christ, our Lord. To this end, that ever-growing experience of the days of our youth may be an expression of thy will being done unhurt. That the energy which quickens the muscles and nerves of our bodies may move to the defense of all that is good. That the skill and toil of our hands may create new beauty and usefulness for all men, that the capacity for new life, divinely granted, may ever be a sharing of the eternal continuation of the human race. We dedicate our physical selves with their sensations of strength, weariness, pleasure, and pain to thy work and toil among our fellow men in the hope that our searching and study may reveal more of thee and may present to us insight for the betterment of every nation with the conviction that the contemplation of the past and present may guide us in making troublesome decisions in accordance with thy will, desiring to exercise our reason that prejudice and ignorance may vanish from us 
Entrust that our imagination may form plans for self, home, and community upon thy foundation. For except you build the house, we labor in vain that build it. And yes, the watchman watcheth the city, he waketh but in vain. We give thee our mental selves with thy powers of thinking, reasoning, studying, and planning, that our sweeping emotions which carry us to love and aid alike may bring us only to love of all men, that our binding friendship may unite young lives in spite of sharing, in the spirit of sharing, that we may aspire to the high goals of life, that our hearts may be filled with compassion for the oppressed of the world, moving our hands to act of service and kindness. So today, Lord, we dedicate our emotional selves with their compassion and anger, distress and happiness to thine eternal and universal love and mercy, searching after the purpose of life as a standard by which all else may be judged, designed greatly to commune with thee that we may know thy will for us and for all men, praying today that the Spirit of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, may pervade our own spirit. We give unto thee our spiritual selves, which can be fed only by the Spirit and strengthened only as we come unto thee, desiring that our hands may be thy hands, that our thoughts may be of whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, excellent, and worthy of all praise, knowing that the greatest of all things is love, and that we must worship thee in spirit and in truth. So, Lord, we present everyone to you today. Oh, God, meet everyone. Oh, God, at the place of their needs. We hereby dedicate ourselves in obedience to the commandment of Jesus Christ, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength and with all our mind and love our neighbor as thyself. Oh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform that which needs to be performed in us and we give you ourselves for safekeeping knowing that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day. We bless your name today and bless everyone in the hearing of my voice. Bless everyone today who come to you with a need. Oh, we just went through this lesson and oh God, you want us to live so that we can be fruitful, so that we can multiply, so that we can be a blessing to everyone, so that we can be happy. And our happiness then is to do good. Oh, and we ask that your Holy Spirit will show us our shortcomings. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will root out that within, with, is within us that shouldn't be. In the name of Jesus, bless us today and bless everyone. And as we leave this service in a few minutes from now, may we be convinced in our mind that you are with us, that the God of Jacob is our refuge and strength. And you are a very present help in the time of trouble. We bless your name this morning. And bless, we pray, bless, we pray, bless from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. 
we give thanks and honor to you. We pray that you will remember our president and all his cabinet and those in the White House and those in the Senate and those in the House and those in the governor's mansion. Oh, God, we pray today that you will bless every city. Oh, God, where there is violence, where there is hatred, let us go love. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen and amen.